Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 20, Entity. Yay! I don't know just, why I cheered so loud for that. Just, just FYI, I'm going to be saying the word entity a lot in this recap, so just like prepare <laughs> yourself for the word entity to no longer like be a word. Is it going to merge into all sorts of, you're going to be like entitlement, entropy, endoscopy, and (laughs) start to say other ent words. Yeah, just the word entity, because I mean, that's really the only way to describe the thing that is in this episode, so. Are you going to pronounce it the same every time? Are you going to start doing entity? No, because that's not how you pronounce entity. No, no, it's, okay. no, it's just entity. 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 All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm prepared. I'm okay. going to count. What do we have so okay. far? Uh, oh, God, I don't even know. Five, six, seven. All right. <laughs> I will kind of, I will, the disclaimer, everything that happened before is, is no. I'm going to start, start timing now. Okay. Uh, all right. Shall we get into it? Sure. Get into what? The, the episode Entity. Entity! All right, that's one. Actually, it's two. two. We both said it. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so this episode originally aired on February 9th, 2001. It was written by Peter DeLuise and directed by Alan Lee, who is actually an editor on the series, and this was his first directorial uh, experience with television. Oh, so. Fun. Cool for him. Uh, and on the commentary, we have Alan and also James Titchener, the visual effects supervisor. Oh, fun. Okay. So in this episode, the SGC is invaded by an alien life force that takes up residence in the base computer system and in Major Carter. <gasps> this is a very interesting concept, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's sort of a, like... It's sort of a tropey sci-fi thing where, like, computer takes over a person. But I think the way Stargate has done it is interesting and different from how other sci-fi series have done it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I like it. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Okay. So we open the episode with everybody gathering in the control room as a MALP is being prepared to be sent to a world that was recovered from the ancient repository that was in Jack's head from the fifth race. And uh, Tilk seems to be slightly concerned about this. He's looking particularly gold in this episode or in this this particular scene. He was very shimmery. Yes. There, I will say... I didn't really notice that Tilk was painted gold until Tilk was not painted gold in like season eight, I think, is when they Mm. actually like stopped with the actual gold paint on him. But there are some episodes where it's like, oh, he has like gold paint all over him. Yeah, there's there's usually at least a little bit of shimmer happening. But then there are some episodes where it's like, oh, he's shiny. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I don't know if it's just like maybe his he wears makeup or like he's supposed to just naturally be that way. Yeah. I yeah, I don't because if it's like a ceremonial thing, like as the first prime you do this, mm-hmm. why would he still be doing that after he like 
defects from the Gould and stops being the first Prime. Because maybe he just looks pretty with that with the eye makeup and the gold you know maybe he just he just likes yeah. it yeah he's just just this is how i get ready for the day yeah it's entirely yeah. possible it is entirely possible yes but yeah this scene really... is definitely there yeah. yeah this scene is definitely like tilk is painted gold yeah. in this scene because <laughs> you never really see it on the rest of his body it's just kind of his face it, it really like it's not even like like on his neck or anything right. like you would do yeah. with like foundation or something mm-hmm. it really so, is like just his face yeah so maybe it is just tilk likes makeup and that's cool maybe yeah i mean get go on with your bed self whatever you right. want to do yeah. it looks good yeah i know i ain't complaining about it yeah <laughs> okay so the mouth is through and what the images being transmitted back are um, like they don't really look like anything that we know about the ancients culture from our experiences so far with them, like the architecture or the writing and things. And it doesn't look familiar to Tilk either. And then, uh, the mouth starts to fly. Weird. Which, uh, is not a thing that it does on its own. And then the camera shuts off, but we are still receiving, like, a signal from it. So something has turned off the camera, but not shut down the mouth itself. And Daniel suggests whoever is doing this might be trying to communicate. Sam recommends shutting down the gate, which Hammonds agrees to. And But, like, the compu- something is interfering with the computers in the control room, and they can't really shut it down from there. Uh, and then everything in the control room starts sparking because there's an EM spike and they can't turn things off. And then the computer that like, uh, the technician Davis was at explodes and he kind of like falls back in his chair. Sam gets a mat, a massive spark to sort of her hand that was on the keyboard at the time, but is generally okay Jack then suggests the emergency shutdown, which, yes, please do that. So Jack and Tilk run into the gate room and throw the, I guess, primary switch to shut everything down. So the gate shuts off. The lights also go off. There's an emergency power comes on as we cut to the opening credits. Uh, first fun fact from the commentary, this was the first episode ever shot in HD on Stargate. Oh, neat. Uh, but they didn't go back to it until, like, season eight. Oh, why? Was it too expensive or something? Uh, they, the, the cost analysis of film versus HD, I guess, at this time, there wasn't really a benefit to using HD versus film because the, uh... Like, the effects that were rendered in post then had to be upgraded to HD. So there was, like, an additional cost on the back end that sort of offset whatever cost was saved on the front end. Hmm. So if this this episode just visually looks different, it's because it is actually shot in HD. I'm trying to remember if at that point in time everybody started having HD... TV is too, or if it was just kind of ahead of its time. I don't know, because this is season this is season four, so it's two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one. So it's it's a little early, I think, for sort of widespread HD TVs like in home. 
Like, I think for film, yes. Like, actual, like, motion picture film, the transition was starting. But I think as far as TV was concerned, like, it took a few more years be just because the people at home didn't have the HD TVs to right. receive. And we, were, we were still all using flip phones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I remember at one point I had a phone that had an actual keyboard on it. Ooh, fancy. Then, why did I have that? I remember, oh, it was when I had the jaw surgery and my jaw was going to be wired shut. So oh, I and you had to type everything. Ta- and so I had to type everything. So I went and got a phone that had an actual keyboard on it that like flipped open to an actual keyboard because I was going to have to be texting everybody for everything for like three months. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Your your voicemail was awesome too because it was literally just like <laughs> I can't talk to you. Don't even. Yep. <laughs> don't expect me to try. Yeah. Email and text only, please. Thank you. Yeah. If you do leave a message, please leave your email because that is how I will respond. Thanks. Yeah. I <laughs> can't talk to you right now. I literally cannot talk because mm-hmm. my jaw is wired shut. Okay. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we come back from the opening credits and Dr. Frazier has been called to the control room, which is just like, it's a mess. Like the computers are scorched. There's like burn marks and like smoke marks everywhere. Uh, Sergeant Davis gets carted off to the infirmary. He's got first and second degree burns, though they're mostly superficial. And we can see that like he is conscious and like breathing and everything. So it's like, it's not great, but it definitely could be worse. Um, And then according to Sam, the gate systems and their redundancies, which includes the iris operation are offline. No idea why, like, at this point, we don't know exactly, like, what happened, like, specifically, like, what caused all this. But the secondary systems are okay, but she then wants to run a full diagnostic before actually bringing anything, like, back online and, like, running at, I guess, you know, full capacity, if you will. Which makes total sense. Yes. Um, and Dr. Frazier's like, you can do that after I teeth the burn on your hand. And Sam tries tries to insist that she's fine and Dr. Frazier's like, no, you're going to go to the infirmary, get checked out, as will also Jack, Daniel, and Tilk. And they're like, we're fine. And Dr. Frazier's like, sure, but some weird energy thing came through the gate. We don't know what happened, so you're all getting checked out. And then Jack makes the comment of who gave her authority? And Hammond goes, the United States Air Force, which uh, Tilk then adds that, like, in medical emergencies, a doctor's orders can supersede that of any ranking officer, which, which is awesome. Which is awesome, and I just love that. It's like that means that like Tilk has read the regulations for the United States Air Force. Oh, that's a good point, and well done. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But then Jack says what? Why didn't I get the memo? He talks about memos! <laughs> he does talk about memos! <laughs> that means they actually have them! Yes. <laughs> I just loved that. I loved it so much. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my god, Rachel, what's the memos? <laughs> memos! Yeah. Okay. 
So we cut over to the infirmary where Sam is getting her hand wrapped up and we see Davis in the bed nearby and he's talking and stuff. And, you know, again, generally, okay. Everything could have been a lot worse. So uh, Dr. Frazier finally like clear Sam and we see Tilk come in to start getting checked out. And then we see one of the monitors in the infirmary, like go dark and then start flipping through like, medical files all by itself which is like what 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 is this what's happening what's going on someone's hacking the computer something's going on Mm -hmm. learning what humans look like apparently yes Mm -hmm. so then up in sam's office sam and daniel are looking over the video footage from the mouth before that all got cut off and daniel asks her to pause it just before it cut off so he can sort of get an image of one of the pieces of architecture to compare it to stuff on earth. And he's like, yeah, no, mm -mm, that's not really like anything that's been here. And it, it does look very sort of star Wars E like it's very, it was very techie. Yeah. Techie. Definitely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Sam then starts looking into the radio signal that was coming back from that planet and once it was sent back here it started multiplying exponentially which caused all of the sgc computers to overload so she takes a sort of a sample of it from the beginning when it like had just started to come back uh, expands it and there's a wave form in there like like a like brain waves and unfortunately with all the sgc computers down she can't analyze it as thoroughly as she would want to and because the sgc itself is now in quarantine it's going to be a while before she can do any analyzing of significance of what this thing is right which is unfortunate yes uh from the commentary apparently during the scene during one of the takes amanda did it all in like a super squeaky voice and had like the entire (laughs) crew in stitches from just laughing so hard. So she was like, I can't properly analyze it. So uh, I guess yeah. ah. I, don't, I don't know if she was trying to do like one of like the chipmunks voices or something. But <laughs> yeah, apparently it was really funny. And everybody was just dying with laughter or for whatever Amanda was doing. Do you think that Michael Shanks joined in or he was just like, I can't stop it. No. I, yeah, I think he was probably dying in laughter too. <laughs> I would have liked to see that on the, grag- the gag reel of both of them just being like, Whoa! Christmas, wow. Christmas time over. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and then we get a sort of point of view of one of the security cameras moving in her office and like zooming in to focus on them. Ah, something yeah. is in the system. Something's going on. What is it? We don't know, Hmm. but we know it's bad because the music tells us it is. (laughs) The music tells us it's something unknown. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, then back in the control room, we see like Siler and some of the tech starting to try and fix the computers while Daniel and Sam bring Hammond up to speed with what they found. And so whatever it is, Whatever it was that came back through the map accessed very specific parts of the computer system in the SGC, and it would seem to indicate that it was trying to learn and also speak. 
through, you know, like learn who we are and like speak our language. Uh, they did manage to stop it before it scanned everything, but they really don't know the full extent as to what happened. And there are also parts of the system that they may never be able to recover. Uh, Daniel adds that uh, what was on the planet doesn't resemble anything like from Earth that might have been like this civilization took it to another planet and then extrapolated from there or anything from any of the other planets they've ever visited thus far. So it's uh, all new. It's totally new. Yeah. Com- totally alien. <gasps> what? Stop it. Yeah. We then get another instance of the sort of security camera moving supposedly by itself and looking at what's going on. And then we get Hammond adding in that. So basically until a full threat assessment is completed, the mountain is staying locked down on DEFCON 2. I hope they have enough food. Me too. So I did look into what DEFCON 2 is, and I think we've gone over DEFCON in like previous episodes, but as a refresher, uh, DEFCON 2 means like it's the next step before war or a nuclear threat. Ooh. So, so not is, good. No, very much not good. Um, and during a DEFCON 2 alert, the U.S. armed forces are ready and prepared to ship out within six hours or less. Oh. So this is like, be prepared, we're going now kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time that DEFCON 2 has actually been, I guess, put into actual practice was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm-hmm. On October 26th, 1962. Oh, okay. So, but it went back to DEFCON 3 after a very short time. So ah. It didn't last very long, but... Good. Excellent. Yes. Good. Yes. Uh, we then get a quick shot over to the MALP storage room, where a MALP seems to turn itself on and sort of starts moving around all by itself. Not good. No, definitely not good. Like, what's what's going on? Mm. Mm -hmm. So up in the briefing room, Sam and Daniel are giving everyone else the rundown of what has happened. And they do end up calling this thing a probe, even though they're not really sure it's a probe. But sure, let's call it a probe because that's what Mm -hmm. Jack calls it. And then Daniel calls it a probe. It's like, okay, it's a probe, whatever. Let's call it a probe. And... Perhaps it came here because the SGC sent a probe first, maybe. It's even entirely possible this thing wasn't intended to damage everything. It was just too advanced and overwhelmed the SGC computers. Dr. Frazier asks about the waveform that Sam had pulled out earlier, and she mentions that it looks like an EEG reading. Interesting observation, indeed. Yes, very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the lights go out. What? Sort of uh, like the backup power lights come on and the security camera in the briefing room starts moving. And we see the screen behind like General Hammond in that window that's between General Hammond's office and the briefing room lights up with a live security feed of the room. Uh, so it's still here, as they say. <gasps> Oh, man. 
Mm. So Jack gets up, like, walks over to the screen and, like, kind of goofed around with, like, looking at the screen and whatever camera is sort of focused on that area of the room and, like, throws up, like, a sloppy salute, if you will, to it. And uh, whatever this thing is starts flicking through personnel files, stops on Jack's bio, which we see Jack's first name legally is actually John. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Which, Mm -hmm. I mean, Jack is a nickname for John, so. Which I always thought was weird, because, like, they're the same length. Why? I don't. Yeah. I mean, technically, Jack is really a nickname for Jonathan, rather than John. But it might just be another, like, O'Neal with two L's versus one L. Yeah. With the movie thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, It then also pulls up Sam's file and then Daniel's file, so... It's doing some kind of learning thing. like Learning who's in the room. Yeah, who's who and all of that stuff. Siler comes into the room and informs everybody that the dialing sequencer is down. So Hammond orders him to take it offline. And the screen shows the live footage of Siler who kind of looks at it and is like, what? Like, why is that there? And just leaves Mm because that's weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daniel's very intrigued by what's happening. Is like, it's learning! And Hammond orders Sam to stop it. And Daniel's like, why? And he, Hammond's like, we don't know what this is. Like, I can't allow an alien entity into our computer system. And, like, I am I mean, I'm with Hammond on this. Like, it is always funny how, like, Daniel's the only one that's be like, it's learning! And everyone else is like, it's learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much yeah it's like yeah. whatever its intentions are like it can't stay here right we can't let it be here right so down in the control room it looks like the quarantine has worked as far as containing this thing to the SGC computers like it hasn't gone outside of the SGC mm-hmm So the only way to make sure this thing doesn't spread and we eliminate it, if you will, is to shut everything down and then start reformatting all of the drives. Which sucks. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. Tedious, loose stuff. Not good. Yeah. So Sam says it's going to take them offline for some time and Hammond's like that's okay because he's already informed all of the off-world teams about what's happening and not to come home uh how because isn't like isn't everything like offline and like not work like how how did Hammond contact all of the off-world teams like I noticed that too like if everything's been shut down how how exactly are you gonna get word to them but I mean that's cool sure sure also I mean, it's an interesting thing of, like, SG, SG-1 has never been out somewhere and all of a sudden received a, you know, Don't come of, home. like, don't come home, stuff is going down here. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, they shut everything down. The base goes dark. Uh, but we do see that one map is still moving around in the mouth room and we see it sort of reach up and pull out one of the emergency lights and it seems to be building something with all of the stuff that's there. 
And it's tiny male pans. Yes. Uh, so systems start coming back online and they're like, things seem to be okay. And then suddenly they're not because they get a system error for the MALP storage room. Like something's going on there. Mm-hmm. So Sam and Siler head down there and Jack meets them on their way. And Jack's key card won't open the door, which Weird. is very strange because it should And it feels warm, and according to Jack, it seems to have been welded closed from the inside. But uh, how and by whom? Because nobody's been down here for quite some time. Questions. All questions. Yes. So they get a torch cut into the room, and once inside, it looks like this entity has built some sort of nest, as Jack calls it. And it looks like it got into one of the MALPs and basically laid low there using the battery power from it and the emergency lights once the base power was cut. So the good thing at this point is that there's nothing currently in this room that is hooked up to the rest of the base. Like it's not connected to the mainframes and everything is operating off of battery power. And Jack's just like, let's blow it up right now. Daniel, of course, objects to that, and Sam actually does too, because whatever this thing is, it's obviously intelligent and very advanced, and she argues that SG-1 themselves have been in this position many times, like stranded on an alien planet and doing whatever they can to survive. hmm True. Yep. So Sam wants to try communicating with it, Um, And it has built something of an interface, if you will. There's like a screen and a a keyboard available to whoever is in this room. And um, there is one main power connection, like that that connection to the emergency light that they can sever if something should go wrong. So Sam approaches the keyboard and types, what is your purpose here? And then we see Jack uh, pick up a pair of bolt cutters and basically stand with the bolt cutters ready to just, like, cut the power. (laughs) Ready to go. Ready to go. And it sees him do it. Yeah, yeah. The computer, like, turns and sees Jack do this and then asks in return, what is yours? So Sam responds with, we are explorers, but we see the S key basically get stuck and start repeating across the screen. So it's just, we are explorers over and over. And Sam is kind of frozen, staring at the screen with her fingers stuck to the keyboard as as electricity runs over it and her. And Jack cuts the power and everything goes black. Oh, no. No! Uh, So Sam gets brought to the infirmary where Dr. Fraser orders an EEG and an EKG. And just FYI, if you don't know the difference, uh, I did look this up. Okay. Uh, and an EEG monitors the electric, the electrical activity in the brain and an EKG monitors the electric, the electrical activity in the heart. Ah, okay. Makes so sense. Brain and heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
so Sam starts to flatline. They start to charge paddles when the heartbeat comes back. And Dr. Fraser looks at the monitor and realizes something kind of strange that the readings there are the same readings that Sam showed them earlier in the briefing room. The entity is now inside Sam. No! What? Uh, so up in the observation room that's like over where Sam is being held, uh, Fraser is is showing Sam's readings to him and Daniel and Tilk, and Jack is still down in the infirmary next to Sam's bed. And basically there are two brainwave outputs, one from Sam and one from whatever this entity is. And it seems like it's found a place with plenty of memory to do whatever it wants to do. And Hammond asks about removing it, and Dr. Fraser's not sure that's possible. There's just no way to know what this thing is doing to Sam's memory, if it's just repressing Sam's memory or actually overwriting it. I love how for all this stuff, they're just like, Fraser, fix it. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. <Seriously? laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Tilk then speaks up to recommend that Sam be placed under armed guard because if she really has been taken over by an alien entity, she's obviously a security threat. Janu kind of looks like he wants to object, but Ham is like, uh, yes, please, let's do that. So, yeah. Uh, so down in the infirmary sometime later, uh, Sam opens her eyes, uh, kind of very suddenly and just like stares at Jack and throws him like that sloppy salute that he gave earlier up in the briefing room several minutes ago. And she doesn't seem to be able to talk, but Dr. Frazier thinks she might be able to communicate using a speech synthesizer. Jack then asks her again about like getting this thing out of her. And again, Frazier doesn't know how. And just the way Terrell Rothery's voice breaks yeah. when she says, I don't know how is like, oh my God. Ooh. I know, but yeah, yeah still the like, fix it. I don't, what do you, don't, what do you, I, we don't even know what this is. Yeah. So Jack brings up like the Tok'ra or the Asgard and Hammond's like, the base is under quarantine. That means from everybody, like they cannot risk dialing out and letting this thing spread further than it's spread right now. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so we then cut to the mouth room where we have Siler, Daniel, Jack, and Tilk looking over the remnants of whatever this thing that's been built. And it looks like it was built purposefully to shock Sam, like it did to basically like like transfer its consciousness, if you will, into Sam. Um, Jack decides that means this was all a trap. And Daniel add, you know, speaks up about this whole thing. And we get, again, the whole scientist versus soldier argument. And it's like, if we had blown it up when Jack suggested it, this wouldn't have happened. But also, Sam wasn't wrong to try and communicate with it. So, who's so right? Mm. Believe what you will. So, Jack goes back to the infirmary and Sam, quote unquote, is now awake and speaking through the synthesizer that's connected to a keyboard. The entity greets him as O'Neill. Jack asks 
what we should call it. And it just says, I am within, and then adds that this one has memory of you. So Jack says that this one is Major Samantha Carter, and the entity tries to insist that it is also Major, and say, like, no, no, you are not Major Carter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not at all. Uh, the entity then informs everyone that it went into Sam to avoid being, quote-unquote, terminated, as Jack was threatening to do to it, basically, like, with the bolt cutters and all right. of that. And it chose Sam because it could see that she was important, to them and they wouldn't kill her in order to kill it so it's going to survive because there's no way they'll kill sam ah strategery yes uh we cut to the briefing room where fraser is telling hammond that basically the entity insists that sam is still in there but she really can't be sure if it's telling the truth and even if it is sam might not be in there for much longer Tilk asks what they can do now, and Daniel suggests offering to send it home as a means of letting it survive, because that's that's what it wants to do. It wants to survive at this point. And General Hammond says no to that, because the address has already been locked out of their dialing computers. So Daniel's like, okay, let me talk to it. Maybe I can get it to leave Sam willingly. It's like... Okay, fine, because there's really nothing else to do at this point. So everybody's dismissed, but Hammond asks Jack to stay behind. And basically, there may need to be some tough choices made soon. And Hammond knows how much Sam means to Jack. Subplot. Subplot, yes. So Daniel heads in to talk to the entity with Jack as backup with a Zat gun now at this point. And we see uh, Dr. Fraser, Hammond, and Tilk up in the observation room. And so basically at this point, the entity thinks that we, like that, that the SGC attacked it. Apparently the radio waves from the MALP are harmful to it and it started being destroyed somehow. Uh, Daniel tries to explain that this was all an accident. We didn't intend this mouth to be an attack, but too bad it was. So this entity attacked back. And according to this thing, if we hadn't cut off the gate, it would have destroyed all of Earth to preserve its world, which is itself... Like, this is where I start questioning, like, like is, is, is this entity the world? Like, where, like, what exactly is this thing, and how does that relate to the world we found it on? Ah, uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, it, it, I wasn't really able to determine either whether or not they were singular beings or one yeah. uh, master being, if you will. Um yeah. It sounded more like it was just kind of one and it was, you know, trying so hard to survive because it might have been all that was left or like this, this is the one it. Um, Yeah. Because it also was saying that like the MALP just being there and sending out signals was like poison to it, right? Yeah. 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 I called the MALP like the radio signal from the MALP poison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I mean, we never, we never contagion. get the answer. That's the word to use, contagion. Okay, yeah. So we never really get um, the questions answered of like, 
of the ultimate damage that it really did. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of got the feeling that, you know, the, the thing that was in Sam was it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Daniel tries to placate the entity by saying that, like, well, you succeeded. Like, we've cut off con- communication with your world and we won't send any more probes. And Jack's like, oh, yes, we will. Uh, this He really should have just kept his mouth shut on this yeah, one. Yeah. Yes. He's like, we're going to send all the probes unless you let Sam go. And the entity is like, oh, really, will you? And Hammond's like, oh, yes, we will. Uh, So the entity then seems to realize that what Jack and Hammond are saying is serious and true. And we see sort of Sam's hand start to shake and her body kind of start to shake. And it then pulls all of the various wires off of Sam as she gets out of the bed Jack orders the F's, the SFs in the infirmary to stand down as she leaves. Uh, up in the observation room, Fraser picks up the phone and announces that there's an emergency situation, code 649. And I couldn't figure out if that's an actual, like, military code of some sort or not. So, oh, if it was just, like, on the base. Or if it's just, yeah, or if it's just, like, something they made up for this episode. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. You know what I found interesting about this scene, though, is that, like, they don't actually offer, which I'm surprised that Daniel doesn't pop in with this point, of, like, they don't actually offer anywhere for it to go. They're just like, get out, leave, go away. Yeah, like, it's like, give it give it a supercomputer, give it a person in a coma. Give it, you know, yeah, like, like, they never offer anywhere for it to go. Like, it has to go somewhere. It can't just, it can't go nowhere. It has right. to go somewhere, even right, if so. you've locked out its homeworld coordinates. Yeah, it has to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but they—they're just like, get out. Yeah. We don't want you here. Go away. Yeah. They don't, yeah, yeah. They they do not do well in a negotiation no. there. No. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Gwen Sam is now out in the hall, and she's stopped by a couple of SFs, and she turns around and finds Jack, Daniel, Tilk, and Hammond, and a couple more SFs. Like just sort of cordon, cord, what? Uh, Cordoned? Cordon, cordoning her off from like moving anywhere else in the base. Yeah. So she raises her arms and we see electricity sort of shoot out and up into the ceiling. And Tilk's like, it's trying to get back to the mainframe. So Jack zats Sam, but nothing happens. She just like stares back at him and continues firing electricity up into the ceiling. So Jack zats her again and she falls to the floor uh, unconscious, dead, because she's been zatted twice. I don't know. I don't know. know. And her acting this whole time as, you know, Sam with whatever it is inside, like it was just awesome with her facial expressions and just like acting without acting. She basically acted the entire thing just with her eyes. I know. Yeah, that was yes. that was something that something was brought up in the, in the commentary where, and I I I saw a few places online like this episode wouldn't be as good as it is without Amanda tapping, right? <laughs> because like she's silent for like half of the episode, but mm-hmm. is still able to communicate like whatever's going on internally and everything, even with yeah. not actually speaking a word. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So back in the infirmary, we see Sam is now on life support and Jack is sitting by her bed when Frazier comes in to let Jack know about Sam's living will that uh, indicated no extraordinary means. Uh, And there is absolutely no brain activity from Sam's body at this point. And she's like, it might be time to let her go. And Jack's like, let's just, let's, let's wait a minute <laughs> because. Yeah. How do you, how long do you suppose she'd been in there? I, a couple hours, maybe. Yeah. Hour? Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with Jack. of like, let's just give it, let's give it a minute. A little bit longer. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're dealing with aliens here. <laughs> yes. Going in. Um, so then we get Daniel and Tilk who come in to let them know that the Malp nest is being destroyed by the order of general hammond uh so then up in the control room it's time to basically bring the system back online like get everything restarted again and uh hammond is there and we also see siler and a couple airmen in the map room ready to basically blow the nest up like destroy it they've got like claymores and everything with them so the switch is flipped Systems are back online, and then the Malp Nest powers back up, Ooh. and so Siler's like, "Everybody, get back!" And we get alarms sounding, and the control room is also alerted to what's happening in the Malp room. So Hammond calls over the PA to get SG1 down there immediately. They think it's the entity back in the Malp, and Jack is ready to blow it when Daniel notices that on. That one computer screen at the front that was sort of like the interface to this whole thing has the words, I am here, scrolling over and over and over again. And he's like, it's Sam. This is Sam. It's not the this weird alien entity. It's Sam. Uh, I really feel like they should have gone with another message instead of just I am. Here. I know for you know show drama they had to have the ambiguity of like what is it is it hers and but i really if you had one sentence to say to communicate that you were there i would not just be like i am here yeah there is oh i read a thing that made it like an inside joke or something it oh it's it's like it's a reference to another movie what where did I, where did that go? Why do I not have that here? Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Michael Crichton's story Sphere was possibly one of the inspirations for this. And in the, in that story, the sort of the alien entity speaks to the team through their computer systems. And at one point it shares the message, I am here. Oh, so it may be a reference to another like sci-fi thing. Oh, okay. They should have they should have thrown a little a little nugget in there for everybody that didn't know that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Daniel's like, "This is Sam," and basically he's like, "Jack, you threatened it, so it took Sam's consciousness and put it into this malp." main computer mainframe thing before you then killed whatever bits of it were left in Sam's body. It was like, it was the only choice it had by saving Sam and letting itself be killed. It saved its home world because then we wouldn't 
send mouth after mouth after mouth, as Jack threatened. Uh, so Jack calls Hammond to come down, and we can see that same I am here message on the screens in the control room. Uh, so then uh, Sam has been wheeled into the MALP room and uh, the EEG from that nest matches Sam's EEG. Fringer, Dr. Free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she says that like everybody has a signature EEG, which I'm not by any means a medical professional, so I have absolutely no idea. But it just sounded a little odd to me that she would say it like it was her fingerprinted EEG. I I think it was more that there was was a significant difference between the entity's EEG and Sam's EEG. Yeah, I I feel like she should have just said maybe like it's a human EEG. Yeah. But we, I mean, but I guess we also, the the computer thing was in Sam. It wasn't yeah. in anybody else. So it yeah. had to be Sam if it wasn't the computer thing. Yeah. She yeah. just said it weird. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Um, so Dr. Frazier's not sure how this is possible, but like it's Sam. And we do see Tilk standing by with an active Zat. Just in case, which like good on you, Tilk. Please thank mm-hmm. you for that. And so they get Sam connected to this MALP mainframe setup. She, Dr. Fraser, flips a couple switches. There's like a massive jolt of electricity, and then Sam starts breathing again. The MALP nest goes dark, and she's back. And uh, it would seem that, yes, this entity is gone. And then we end the episode with Sam saying, I was shouting for you to hear. And Jack going, we heard. Aw, yes. Which, okay. Uh, my my lingering question for the episode is, as we heard earlier in the episode, this this room is not connected to the base mainframe, like, at all, either via computer or electrical wiring. Like, this is all sectioned off by itself and, like, operating on battery power. So how did Sam get back there? Weren't they, I mean, do you think it would have been connected once they started bringing up everything? No, like, that That room is, like, sectioned off. It's not. But, like, all the time or just when they quarantined it, you think? Hmm. I guess they did bring, I mean, oh, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I still, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, right? Yeah. The only thing that I, I really enjoyed this episode, but the only really lingering thing I have to say about it is like, okay, so the concept is that just by the MALP going over there, being on, doing its thing, it was like poisoning the entire existence of that planet. Yes. So the thing comes back and tries to defend itself. And what does it do? It goes right into a mouth. Oh. 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 <laughs> How did was it that, actually that survive it? being around the base? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Why did I not why did I not see that plot hole? I don't, yeah. I mean <laughs> With all the radio signals and data things and everything, how did it actually survive Earth tech functionality? 
Well, okay. So what was poisoning it was the radio signal the MALP was sending back to Earth through the Stargate. The MALP itself, if it's just turned on, is not transmitting a radio signal. Right. But it was my point was that it was something that small that was a contagion for an entire other world. Yeah. It's very unlikely that it would have, like, it probably would have had enough juice to give its one shot back to, like, try and defend itself. But I just don't see the plausibility with the reason that we're talking about aliens of, like, it actually being able to grow and thrive back on Earth tech. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, I well, I mean, there is at one point where Sam says the like what came back was like a tiny little part of it. But once it was able to construct that nest, it was able to replicate itself into its full being. Hmm. So you think it just adapted? Well, then it wouldn't have been able to go back anyway, even if they offered I guess maybe so yeah I I, like I think what Sam was saying even if like 10% came back there's something in that 10% that's able to replicate up to a hundred percent right if you will yeah don't know I think it's weird yeah the map was gonna kill the whole world and it went (laughs) right into a map and yeah yeah thought it was weird so I counted that you said entity 21 times. 21? Okay. Not as many as I thought, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Since we started was... counting, it was, the, I think one of them was me, but okay. it, was, it was 21. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't say it that much because entity is still a word mm-hmm. in my brain. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It hasn't fried your brain yet. Not yet, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked his one. Um, I don't have any memos for it because Jack already no. covered that. He did. <laughs> the memo about Dr. Frazier being in charge. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so the title for this episode, apparently this episode, which was originally entitled Child's Play. Oh, okay. And then like just before it went to air, they changed it to Entity. And nobody quite knows why. I mean, I think yeah, that would have kind of implied that it was a young being. Yeah, yeah. Like, Child's Play is cool, but I don't know if it really applies in this scenario. Right. Yeah. Um. So, according to uh, Merriam-Webster, his definition of entity is uh, a being slash existence, especially independent, separate, or self-contained existence. Hmm. Uh, the existence of a thing as contrasted with its attributes. And also something that has separate and distinct existence and objective or conceptual reality. Oh, all right. Um, we do have a couple uh, foreign territory titles. Uh, in Germany, this is called The Wrong Choice. Oh, okay. Which I think could apply to the choice of blow it up or try and talk with it. Okay. Uh, and then in Hungarian, this was known as personality. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Really good. What did you think of this one? I think this is one of those ones where it's like, it's fine. Like, I mm-hmm. don't have any objections to it, but it's not like, oh my God, yay, this episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
just kind of one of them that, that blends in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's it's good, but it's not like on my top of when I think of Stargate, I don't think about like this episode. But I don't have any like strong objections to it. It's like no. when this like if if I'm doing like a rewatch and this comes up, it's like oh my god, that's right, this episode. Okay, cool. I love how your scale is like. Is it my favorite or do I hate it? <laughs> do I wish it never entered my brain or is it my favorite in the world? Well, isn't that isn't that everybody's scale? Oh my god, I love this thing or oh my god, it's the worst. And it's so just somewhere in the middle where it's fine. Yeah. It's like in the I, gray, the gray yeah. area of meh. Yeah, I don't object to the existence of this episode, but <laughs> okay. like this is not like emancipation <laughs> levels of oh my god, this episode. No, true. That's yeah. very true. It's All right. fine. That's, that's yeah. how we can scale things from now on. <laughs> is it terrible or do do I object to its existence? <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. I like it. Yep. All yep. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So for everybody who's listening, if you're listening live-ish, um, in a couple weeks, we're going to be doing our season four wrap-up episode. So if you have any lingering season four questions for us, opinions about things, if there's things you'd like us to discuss specifically about season four, let us know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you can do this on Twitter or Instagram at SG underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo that W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Double Jeopardy. Bye. Bye.